We've been in a series called B, and the word B translates to live or to exist. And we've been talking about how do you live, how do you exist. And, uh, you know, being angry is not fun. Living or existing in, you know, or existing in anger is just no fun. Or, or, or being mad is no fun. Being, being without joy is no fun. Being, being just, you know, just getting by is no fun. I want you to live a full life. So we're talking about B. The first week we talked about being different. Live different than everybody else. The reason everybody else is miserable is because they don't know how to live right. Live right. Uh, have fun with life. I like to have fun. I don't know about y'all. I like to fish. I like to hunt. I like to get out in God's good country and just, just drive my Polaris Ranger all over the place and just have fun and I like to go surf fishing. I like to go golfing. I like to do anything that's outside because I just like to live. I like to exist. And, uh, but, you know, none of that stuff's even fun if you're miserable. And so you've got to get to a point in life where you can enjoy stuff. So last week we talked about, you know, there's no place to, to live or exist like the fullness of joy. And so last week was be victorious. Uh, the week before that was be near to God because you have to be near to him to have all the things that I'm talking about. You have to be close to God. There's something about being close to him. Now, I'm not saying things are never going to go wrong. But when you go through a storm and Jesus is with you, it's okay. When you begin to sink like Peter did, it's okay. He just reaches out there, grabs your hand, pulls you up. I bet he's glad I wasn't a disciple, huh? <laughs> and so we talked about being victorious. You know, we, we talked about Romans 12, 1 through 2, about presenting ourselves a living sacrifice. There's something about being wholly acceptable before God, trying to live right. You know, we don't all live perfect. You know, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of you. I'm not perfect, but I try my hardest to put God first in every area of my life. And this year, I want you to try your hardest to put God first in everything that you do. Putting first in your money, putting first in your life, putting first in your work, putting first in, in, in your day. Make sure he's the first thing you do every morning when you wake up is you spend time with God. I promise you, it will transform and transfigure who you are. Do I ever look like I'm not happy? I'm telling you, there's something about fullness of joy. Now, I have my moments, but I autocorrect. Lord, I know you're right in the middle of this. And there's a reason you're doing it. And I know your timing is impeccable. And it's perfect in every way. And when you realize that in life, everything's okay. When you know that the storms come, but it's okay because he is with me. And last week we talked about the priests, how they'd, they'd go before the army and they'd say to the army, now I know there's more guys out there than what we have. I know that their army is twice as big as ours, but they don't have God with them. And our God is going before us, our God is going with us, and our God is already giving us the victory. And I want to tell you, when you serve God, you can live a life and you can exist in life that is victorious. And so today I have a special new thing for you, and uh, we're going to call today Be United. Because there's something about living and existing united. And so how many of y'all are going to join with me today and get united? I want to be united. Last week I had fun with my superhero list. I love superheroes. And 
I talked about Mighty Mouse and how here I am to save the day. I did all my, my little stuff, but I loved Mighty Mouse. I loved heroes. But I didn't get to go to this point last week, and I want to I catch you up real quick on being victorious. What gives a superhero his superpowers? There's usually some kind of tragedy. There's usually something bad that happens that gives them their powers. What's the difference between a superhero and a villain? The choice they make to do with the tragedy that they go through. And I want to tell you, if there's tragedy in your life, if there's choices you have to make, make them with God. Come through the other side, and with the power of God, you'll be like a superhero coming out the other side. Because the only difference between a superhero and villain and what shapes them is the tragedy they go through and how they handle it. And so I'm challenging you today. If you want to know how to handle tragedy, you be united with the body of Christ. And so I'm going to open today with Psalms 119, 73 through 80. It says, you made me. You created me, Lord. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. Isn't that hilarious? I love that part. Give me the sense, Lord, to follow your commands. May all that fear you find in me a cause for joy. In other words, if I fear God, everybody that's around me is going to have a cause for joy because I'm going to be happy. I'm going to spread it. I'm going to, I'm going to be invigorated with God and his joy and his presence. And everywhere I go, I'm taking it with me. And everybody that's around me is going to be full of it. For I have put my hope in your word. we got to have faith in the word of God that it is true. And, and people, people say, well, you know, I love the Bible, and the Bible's a good book, and I believe in it. And, uh, but do you really believe in it? Do you cling to its every word? Do you really trust in the fact that if you give to God in the offering that he'll bless you? Do you really believe that giving to God works in your life? I promise you it does. God, in fact, God says, test me and see. One of the few places he says that in the word of God. And, and then it says, I know, Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. Now your unfailing love comforts me. Even though you disciplined me, God, you did it in such a way that I just felt warm. I felt good. I felt mercy because you're a good, good father. It's who you are. And, you know, if we can't take correction in life, we can never move forward. Some of the reasons we never move forward with God's because we can't take correction. And God does it in such a loving fashion and a loving way. He just wants us to move our lives forward. I talk to people in my office all the time. And they say, Pastor, I got this, 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 and going. I say, well, you want me to tell you, tell you what you want to hear or you want me to tell you the truth? And most people want me to tell them what they want to hear. And I'm not going to do that. Because I want to help them move their life forward. But God says, listen to this. Your regulations are fair, Lord. You disciplined me because I needed it. Now let your unfailing love comfort me. Realize when he disciplines you, it's because we need it. It's because we need to move forward with our lives and what we do. And then it says, just as you promised me, your servant... Surround me with your tender mercies so that I may live. His mercies get us through the day. 
for your instructions are my delight. This guy's done went from this writer's done gone from one place where he says, he says, I know, I know your regulations are fair. I, I know that I know that you you've corrected me. And he's come to a place in his life now. He says, Your instruction is my delight. See, because when you realize that God's instruction for your life and his discipline is for your good, it becomes delight. It becomes a happy place in your life. It begins, some, begins to be something that you can cling to, that you can hold to, because his mercies are good. And then it says, bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied upon me. You ever had anybody lie on you? Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. In other words, you don't handle those people who have been bad to you. You don't worry about them. Don't give them thought. God takes care of them. But concentrate on his commandments. And then the writer says something very important. He says, let me be united with all who fear you, with those who know your laws. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees, and then I will never be ashamed. You want to never be ashamed in life? Keep his decrees. Keep his laws. Walk with him. Talk with him. See, the writer's trying to say in this passage, I want to live right. I fear God. I want to live by his laws. I love his mercy and his instruction. He is a fair God. He gives me sense enough to follow his commands. But at the same time, he says there's something key here. He says, I need to be united. There's something about being in a church. Something about being in a place with those who study his laws. Something about being in a place where his presence resides that can change your life. He says, all these things are good, but I need, I need to be united. I need to be with the people of God. I need to be with those other people in my life that are teaching me the right ways and the right precepts and what God has for my life. As people, we need fellowship and we need friends. We need family to discuss his precepts and his ways to hold us accountable. That family is what we call our church. That family is what we call Triumph Church. And uh, how good it is to gather together in his presence. How good it is to be with the saints. You have to know that where you're at in life, you need people to help you. God didn't design us to do it all alone. That's why we do life teams. You know, Jesus was a small, the first small group leader. He had 12 people. He didn't go get 55, 65, 150, 250. He didn't go get a congregation. He went and got 12 people, and he invested in them, and he taught them. And that's why we do life teams. We're about investing and discipling people and being united as one. So we, we, we have life teams during the week, then we all come together. And when we come together on Sunday mornings, we all worship in one mind. In one accord. Because in Genesis eleven six 6, it says, Look, he said, the people are united. They all speak the same language. And after this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Because there's something about being united. And when the Tower of Babel was going up, he said, They're going to reach the heavens. They can do anything they put their minds to do. Because they are united. There's something about being united with those around you. There's something about getting into a place and being in one mind and one accord, having one purpose under heaven, which is worshiping him and serving him and presenting ourselves a living and acceptable sacrifice to him. There is power when 
we unite. Most churches in America, most churches in America, 10% of the people in the congregation give 90% of the money. 10% of the congregation does 90% of the work. Well, that's not unity. That's not how we work together. In this church, 10% of the people gave 80% of the money this year. I'm just being honest with you. That's, that's how it works. And uh, if everybody in this church were to come into one place in unity and in accord, and we'd all share the burden, and we'd all do what the Bible's called us to do, and we'd all tithe 10% and give offerings above and beyond it, we would have no lack in this house for nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Anybody that came to that door and said, Pastor, I need help today, I wouldn't have to say, I'm sorry. Uh, but we're only helping our members right now. I have to say that on days. It grieves my heart. Most of the time, I just pull money out of my own wallet and give it to them. Because there's something that is power when we come become united. We have to give together. We have to breathe together. We have to move together. That's how Jesus ordained the church. He didn't ordain it that, that these 12 to 15 people here would give over half the money that would come in for the year. He didn't create our church like that. He created where we all do our part. We all work together. Um, Brother Tommy Yusef is saying, many hands make a light load. And when everybody gives, there's just a supernatural outpouring. There's a supernatural blessing. You know when it says in Malachi that the windows of heaven will be opened when, you're, when you honor him and your, your tithes and your offerings. That, that, not only works, that not only works for us individually, but that works for us as a church. And so when only half of our church gives 10%, it kind of closes things up over us. And I want to go new places this year. Y'all don't get mad at me for, for preaching this today, okay? If you don't give, I'm not mad at you. I'm going to visit you in the hospital anyway. I'm going to hug you anyway. I don't care because I love you. And Jesus loves you no matter what you do. He still would have died for you. Even if you rejected him, he'd still die for you. Because he loves you with all his heart. I love you with all my heart. I'm just saying there's a bigger way. There's a better way. There's another way. And God wants us to go bigger and better places than we've ever gone before. There ain't a pastor in America that likes to talk about money. And I'm one of them. I don't. But it's a necessary part of life. The more money we have, the more people we reach. I don't see money as green stuff. I see money as a tool to reach people and to do things. And since I've got here, I've sowed into this place. In fact, I sold my house this week. <laughs> Signed the papers, got a check, and uh, I've got my tithe for that right here because I believe it's increased in my life. Most people say, well, you know, you sell a house, you're just going to buy another one. It's, you're investing back in the house. I don't believe that. I believe that there's something about giving anything that's increased in my life, giving a first fruit of my life to God and sowing it, sowing it into him. Uh, our, our sign needs changing out in front of the church. And I'm going to get to that in just a few minutes, but there's enough money in here to do that. Now, if you want to join with me and give to that, you're more than welcome to do that. I don't have to have that blessing all by myself. I'll take some of this money and buy some microphones or something we need. But my God is faithful to provide. If he's got to do it through me, he does it through me. But he wants to do it through all of us. I want you to get into this. Look, that house I'm sowing seed off of, the first house I owned, I bought for $60,000. I sold it for $135,000 eight years later. And I, I tithed off of it. This house, 
I had 140,000 in, I just sold for 240. And I want to tell you what, when you follow God's principles, there's something about it. Uh, I buy cars all the time. I bought a BMW one time, uh, really nice, low mileage, bought it for $8,000. Drove it for a year, sold it for $12,000 a year later. Because when favor goes with you, everything is okay. There is power when we unite. There is power when we unite. And somebody, somebody in this church asked me one time uh, in the last month or so, well, Pastor, how do we reach people? Pastor, what's your plan to grow? Well, that was the wrong question to ask me. See, because I got some hashtags. I'm going to throw one of them on the screen. Your should have been our in that sentence. Pastor, what is our strategy to grow? Not my strategy to grow. See, because we're united in this church. We're here to do this together. This ain't a one-man show. They're going to put up the next one. Look, we are in this together. Now I got another one. Hashtag, me alone is not tribe. Hashtag, got another one coming. I am here to correct you. Hashtag, funny, me no one-man church. Got another one. Hashtag, I need your help. And so... I need your help. we got to do this together. So you've asked, what is our strategy to grow? Well, I need you to unite with me. Uh, I've sold a lot of money into this service today, and you're about to see what I'm talking about in just a few minutes. But I need you to help me to grow. I need your help. And uh, I don't want to be a me thing. I want to be an us thing. And... Um, so, number one thing I need you to do, the fastest way we grow as a church is through social media, through word of mouth. That's how any business grows is through word of mouth. Uh, good reputation will get you business after business after business when, you're, when you own a small business. It's all about your reputation. It's all about how you do your work and so forth and so on. I need you to help me spread the word. How do we do that, you say, Pastor? Well... When you get to church on Sunday morning, you're welcome to take your smartphone out now, in fact. When you get to church on Sunday morning, you go to our Facebook page and you check in. Everybody here checks in. You know what happens? We blow Facebook up. However many friends you got. I got like 400 friends on Facebook. I don't know how many you got. I got 400. So when I check into church on Sunday morning, 400 people just saw me check in. How many times in this world have you been able to do one little thing and reach 400 people in a matter of 20 seconds? So I'm asking you tonight with me, check in. I'm asking if you haven't liked our Facebook page yet, like it. The more likes we get, the more it shows up on people's feed. And then when somebody checks in at Triumph Church, I want you to do something. Go like it. Go like their stuff. Then I want everybody to do one more thing for me. While you're sitting in the service, I want you to tag something I say or tag, hey, man, you're not going to believe this. I want all my friends to know how awesome worship is at Triumph Church in Angleton. If you don't have a good church, this is it. Get plugged in. And then when you see your friend that's in this church do that, I want, you, I want everybody in here to go like their comment. And then I want them all to go like your comment and so forth and so on. Because this is how social media works. The more likes you get, the more comments you get on every single item you throw up, the more it goes to the front page. And every single one of your friends go. You know, with everybody that's in here, say we have 150 people in here today. If everybody here, 150 people, had three friends, 
What is that? 450? 450 people just saw it that didn't come to church here. But just imagine, everybody here has over 100 friends on Facebook. So 150 times 100? Anybody do the math? Because I can't. That's why I'm a preacher. <laughs> it's 10,500. Isn't that right? Yeah, 10,500. 10,500. I can really do the math. I'm just giving you a hard time. But 10,500. 10,500. Look to your neighbor and say 10,500 people. When's the last time you reached 10,500 people for Jesus in a matter of minutes? This is something Jesus couldn't even accomplish in that quick of amount of time. But we can do it. We can do this thing. We can grow this church. We, we, can, we can add people to the kingdom of God. We can see people get saved. Look, I'm not here just to grow a church. I'm here to do what Jesus did. He said, I am here to seek and to save those that are lost. And the more people we get in this place, the more people that find him, the more people that live, to full, live a full life. How many know if your relatives were living a full life, your life would be a lot easier and more full? Amen. Amen. I mean, if, if your relatives got a hold of Jesus and who he is and what he is and they tapped into it, how much easier would life be? You know, we promote and we talk about the things in life that we love. The things we love, we spend our money on. The things we love, we, we talk about. The things we love, we, we put on Facebook. So I, I see y'all love food. I see the... I see all the fancy restaurants going on there. and I just, I'm just asking you to unite with your pastor and make church one of these things that you love. 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 10, it says, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you. Now that you belong to Christ Jesus through him, God has enriched your church in every way. With all of your elegant words and all of your knowledge, this conforms that what I have told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need. Wait a minute. How do we get our spiritual gifts? How, how? Through his church. The gracious gifts he has given you. He's talking about the church here. Like God wants to bless you, but he does it through the local church. He gives you gifts as you develop them in your local church. And as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, He will keep you strong to the end so that you can be free from all the blame on that day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. In other words, when you have His spiritual gifts, when you wait on Him, when you help enrich your church, you're free from blame on the day when Jesus returns. God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you to partnership with his partnership with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul is saying, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of what? One mind. And then what? United in thought and purpose. There is nothing that this church cannot do if we unite in thought, 
We we unite in one mind and we unite in our purpose. But to be united, we spend time together. We fellowship together. We study together. We share our gifts together. That's what the church is called to do. Well, how do I do that? How do I be united? How do I be a part of this church, Pastor? Well, on Sunday mornings, you need to be serving somewhere. Be a part of the dream team. Get plugged in with other people. How do you make friends? Start working with somebody next to them. It's hard not to become friends. Where are most of your best friends at? They're at work in life. When I have people tell me all the time, well, I, you know, I quit coming to your church, Pastor, because I had no friends. And I could tell them the truth, but they just get mad and they're already gone anyway, so it's okay. But the, the truth is, if they'd have plugged in and started serving somewhere, they'd have made friends. Because Jesus didn't call us, calls us all to just want to come in here, sit down, and hear me preach. I'm good, but I ain't that good. We're all designed, we're all designed to serve together, to work together. To, to do things together. He has a bigger purpose and a bigger plan for your life than just show up on Sunday morning, sing Kumbaya, and go home and eat lunch or go to Luby's. We need a Luby's, Lord. <laughs> How else do I get involved? Well, you fellowship with people. Don't come in late and leave early. Come in early and leave late. Come into church early. Meet people. Fellowship out in the foyer, in the cafe, and in the sanctuary. Then how do we unite in one spirit, one mind, and one accord? We all come in here and we worship together. And we give God all of our praise. And we amen Pastor Ryan real loudly. There we go. And then we, we study his word together. We dig into it together. We learn his precepts and his meanings together. That's how we, that's how we get together. That's how we become united together. And then the second way we, we become united together, because Sunday mornings just isn't enough. We do life teams together. We connect during the week. Sign up for a life team. I'm fixing to make this real easy for all y'all. I got some real good stuff for you today. Have friends. Study and pray and do life together. That's what life teams are about. About meeting people, doing something fun, a craft, or, or a Bible study, or, or eating lunch together. And doing life together. How much easier would our life be if we had other people to strengthen us, to fortify us, to help us, to help us be victorious? To say, I know you're down, but you know what? God has always been faithful to lift you back up. I know you're down today, but you remember when you were down last month? And then God did it for you right away. And you know what? He's going to do it again. I see it coming right now. Somebody just to prophesy into your life. Somebody just to say, you know what? Your footsteps are blessed and they're ordered of the Lord. Everywhere you step, he's a lamp unto your feet. He's a light into your path. He's moving you forward. He's taking you places. Uh, You can do all things through his power and strengthens you. Acts 1.8 says, I shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. And just, just, just prophesy the word of God. over. You know the best way to prophesy over somebody's life? Just pick this book up because this is Jesus. This is your future. This is a love story between man and God, and it cannot go wrong. All you have to do is speak the love of God over a man's life and watch it be transfigured. And so that's what life teams are about. We want you to be united. We want you to be victorious. In Hebrews 4.2, it says, For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. This is, this is Paul saying, look, 
Good news came, just as it did to them. They got the good news. We got the good news. And they heard it, but it didn't benefit them because they weren't united like we were. It didn't do them no good. See, because when you're not united, you're not part of something, you're, you're not involved, you're not becoming one with a team, there's, you, there's something that happens when we gather together and we become united together and we worship together and we serve together and we give together, which is an extended form of our worship that unleashes something to allow us to hear, to allow us to move forward in the word of God. In order to be, in order to live or to exist successfully, we must be united as a church. Once you watch this video we prepared for you into contact with all different types of people and though we are all unique I find that many of us are searching for some of the same things for hope and happiness for love and acceptance we're searching for a place to connect for a place to belong trying to discover the meaning of life we are in need of purpose and significance and as I see all this I am reminded of how much God loves each of us in fact the Bible is really a love story between God and man we were created to be in relationship with him. And though we may turn away, he has never given up on us. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for our sins so that no matter who we are or what we've done, there would always be a way back into relationship with him. And it's in that relationship that we find the hope, the happiness, the significance, the life that we are seeking. Jesus came for us to have that life. He came to save us and heal us, to free us and he came to build his church. He knew that he needed his people to unite together if they were going to reach the world. As a kid, I remember hearing my father, our senior pastor say that the local church is the hope of the world. He would say how it was God's plan to reach our world with the gospel of Christ. Later, I read the words of Pastor Bill Hybels who wrote, there is nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. The potential of the local church is almost more than I can grasp. And it's with this heart and this realization that our pastors founded Triumph Church in 1983. And for over three decades, Triumph has been reaching people with the message of Christ. We've been about helping people. Through the years, our methods have changed, but our heart and our purpose has not. The face of triumph has changed, but our mission has not. Year after year, we have found innovative ways to unite people with God and their church. From massive productions to international conferences, from a national television show to outstanding children's ministries, our heart has been for people. In 2002, we embraced the vision to build one church, multiple locations. And from that, Triumph Beaumont was launched out of our Nederland campus. In 2008, Triumph Sugarland Stafford kicked off. And in 2013, Triumph DC began. And then in 2015, Trinity Christian Center joined us as our newest campus, Triumph Angleton. Now, all of our campuses are strong and healthy and reaching thousands of people every week. But we've continued to innovate. Our weekend services are designed with people in mind. We love to worship God with passion and energy. We love to learn the truths of God's word. 
Our services are designed where people from all walks of life can find God, find answers, and find hope. Growth Track is our membership class. If you want to discover purpose for your life, if you wanted to see what it looks like to follow Jesus, if you want to connect with Triumph, sign up for Growth Track today. Life teams are the small groups of Triumph. They are designed to bring people together. It's through relationships that real growth and life change happens. It's here that discipleship takes root. Life is better with people. It's better in a life team. Our dream team is a group of incredible people that have discovered their gifts and passions and are actively serving in them. Whatever your gift or passion is, we have a place for you to get involved. It's the same heart and the same purpose from 1983, but in a 2016 package. You were meant for big things, for great things, and together we can make a huge difference in our world. United, we can help so many people. Triumph has a new look, a new face. We have a new website to help people discover Triumph before they ever step foot in our building. We are excited to tell you that our brand new Triumph app is available in the App Store right now. It will allow you to connect with Triumph, to sign up for Life Teams, watch services live or archived. You can download sermon notes, read the Bible, and you can give safely and securely. And most importantly, you can do it all from one place. It's another step in building one church, multiple locations. It is a great day for Triumph, and I want you to be a part, to connect with God, to find significance, to find hope and happiness, and to help us reach our worlds for Christ. Be united with us today. Welcome to the new Triumph.